So, the mayor's daughter. That's what the visitor from Sarcomand was looking for. Invited by Volek, no doubt, as part of his scheme to revive me. What greater sorrow than to see the ones you love wither away, blissfully unaware of the danger they are in. Hey, welcome back to Roll for Intent. This is That's I not our usual banter. opener. This is the banter. This is. Yep. The, I hope the show starts like this. This is the most yeah. dad thing I've yeah. ever seen. We're, we're all just waiting. five seconds of silence after the intro. Yeah, yeah. And then waiting this. for Trevor to open the show, and he's clearly busy talking Audience. to Sarah. Our, our, our GM is is having an Italian style argument with his wife off screen. <laughs> right. To the, side no, there. the vacuum gestures and everything. Like, why? Why is the vacuum running? I'm actually starting now. <laughs> so, so this is, this is my podcast. Started. This is very important. Yeah, we've already started, Trevor. Fuck this should be guys. the this should be the opening. She has no doing it. fun of Trevor for playing make believe. She sings songs in the back of the house. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure people have heard it. Like, what is that ethereal noise in the background? Everyone's I make one. notes you can hear of it Sarah in the, in the recording. recording whenever I hear yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like your wife's sings. belting it right here. <laughs> I'm going to do it now because it's in every episode. And I can't make it not in every episode. Hey, everybody, yeah. it's time for Roll Vern 10. I'm UGM Trevor. And this started weird. Yeah, Sarah was running the vacuum because, like, before we were recording, I was doing this is a Sunday morning. So we don't do weekend mornings very often, but we do them every once in a while. And I woke up at the crack of dawn and started tiling my, uh, my fireplace. And I got done with it, what I was doing maybe 10 minutes before we started recording. And I just didn't get a chance to clean everything up. And she's trying to clean up all the the mortar dust. I'm sure I have it on bits of me. You can probably see it. People on watching can see my sleeve yep. and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. got mortar all over it. And I look, I look, I look rough. <laughs> He's sweaty. <laughs> Rougher than normal. Got the complexion of deli store ham. There's a nice glean to you. Well, that's normal, right? It's like, is it weak old deli store ham or is it fresh? Well, no, deli it's, store it's, ham? it's pretty fresh. You got, it's got that pink color right now, uh, yeah. like your face yep. and neck area. What the, what the people that have never met me don't know is that I'm actually part gnome. And you would know that if you had met my paternal grandparents, they look like literal garden gnomes and they're about four foot 10, the both of them. Micah doing his absolute damnedest to not make the gnome sound effect. There's a gnome sound effect. Yeah, for uh, some reason I'm the Zoomers really, really... One. Yeah, no, there's just, like, a gnome sound effect that Zoomers really love to, like, throw into either, like, video... Like, I... Like, my algorithm every now and again will just be, like, an hour of silence interrupted by random gnome noises, and it's, like, I don't know if it's from a video game or something, but it's just, like, the noise... Gnome and that's sound it. sound effects. That is, okay, that is literally it. <laughs> that was spot on, Jake. That was perfect. That's exactly I, what it was. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand current internet culture at all. It's it's very strange. Um, and I have no room I, to talk because, yeah. like, the early two thousands internet culture was very absurdist. And looking back on it, it's very cringy. Like all the Weeble stuff things, and um, like Charlie the Unicorn and all that right stuff. Oh, Charlie the Unicorn! Orange. Annoying the orange. Magic, I saw that show. I got a Roku. I have a Roku and like 
it shows up in the ad every once in a while. Like, watch right now the annoying orange. And I'm thinking, why would anyone? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, but yeah, man. No, like Homestar Runner and, and Weeble stuff. And I mean, I loved Homestar Runner. Don't get me wrong. I, I think, think Homestar Runner absurd, still holds was up. Good. It does. It does. There's like, you have to watch it in a special place because Flash is dead, right? And the whole website is Flash. Yeah. So you have to watch it in like some special emulated website. And it's still pretty great. Tons of. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole recently where somebody was going through all the little Easter eggs and stuff in the Homestar Runner site. It was pretty cool. I don't know, man. Dracula flow is like one of the most popular memes that people keep referencing right now, which is just an old dude in a really shitty Dracula costume in a dark house with a camera and a light pointed right at his face saying the most inane out of pocket shit just over and over and over again, but with like authority. If that, that reminds sense. me of Potion Seller. Oh, it, well, oh, the thing is, too, seller. is that if you like the, the, the YouTube channel is just like, remember Filthy Frank? It's that oh, dude. Yeah. It's that same guy. Oh, oh but my it's not God. him on camera. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's Frank. what it is. It's just this old dude. Just he's very he's he's looking off and into the distance. And you can tell right out of frame is a phone that he's holding with all of this shit on it. And he's like, we're smoking dung beetle. <laughs> I'm getting high on 12 Jason Bournes, looking to beat the cum out of a fresh live oak. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Ha- have you watched any of the Wizards and Guns content where it's like a QVC channel where they're selling um, magical items? Like no. from, uh, from an art. Oh my God. It's nope. so good. I recommend watching it. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just, like, I, I think that absurdism has thumbnail. always been in the internet and it, it thrives oh, God, yeah. in, in every corner there. Like to, I'm going to, it's very I'm gonna post weird. this, this thumbnail in cast chat. This is one of the, one of the, uh, their most popular <laughs> videos right now. We'll get to watching that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah at some point, but it's, it's, you know, mostly useless items, but in your inventory potion of girth plus zero girth minus one length. You keep seeing like, those what? ones that people are making where it's just like, like it's like D and D or like Wizards of the Coast looking art or AI art of wizards, but they'll just be like testicular torsion. That's They're a very effective <laughs> spell. There's a whole bunch of those going. I had somebody send me another one. It was like I have learned the most powerful spell, and it's like then a thunderclap and an earthquake noise. It's like mend. Butt crap! <laughs> just and then this other wizard on the other side of the screen, like, no, you asshole! I was so pegable. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I'm. Anytime I cast torturous trauma in a game anymore, I'm just gonna flavor it as somebody torsion. inducing testicular torsion with the spell. <laughs> That's that's what we're gonna do. The somatic component is just a lifting of the hand and a turning motion, as if putting a light bulb in. The material component are those two balls that you roll around in your hand, that ring as you do it. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, those little magnets that look like snake. Uh, the, or, uh, <laughs> like the little, yeah, you throw them in the air and they make that the the noise. Yep, good stuff. I can't emulate it because my uh, being is not made of metal. Not with that attitude, it's not. My beans made of metal. Anyway, that was um, our travesty of a banner. Um, yeah, because we had nothing. We were going to start with like, well, let's say like that we have nothing days, to talk about. Man, nothing's happened. Right. It's been we three have days. Nothing I, been, shows. <laughs> I like I I had a gas leak at my house and it was fixed and I replaced my 
air filter and my air handler and my air conditioner works better because I'm a moron that didn't change it in like a year and a half. I went to work. We have like a big central one and we have small ones. I've kept replacing the small ones, but the big central one was clogged up and like it kicks on last night while me and Sarah just kind of hanging out and it sounded like a freaking hurricane. It was blowing so hard compared to what we were used to. Like, well, I I feel like an idiot. I've let this ride for far this too long. DIY corner with roll front. Now, something I'm actually curious about, Raymond, when did you get up this morning? Like four minutes before we were supposed to record. <laughs> That's why he's so goddamn quiet, right? Now. Yep. He's still booting. Yep. Also, it's another and, reason and our banter is so it. weak. Yeah. Also, I mean, I was uh, I was planning on going to bed early last night, and then my beautiful, <laughs> then, loving wife looked me dead in the face and said, "I've never seen How to Train Your Dragon." I was like, "Well, that has to change right now." So we watched How to Train Your Dragon at like 1 a.m. last night. I had That's one of those one. moments with a group of friends recently, but it was with the Iron Giant. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, oh another very good one. Like, I've never seen the Iron Giant, and I was like, we are stopping everything we're doing right the fuck now to watch the Iron Giant, and then People, we cried together. People love yeah. The Incredibles, but Iron Giant is Brad oh, Bird at yeah. his best. Oh, yeah. The Incredibles oh, is best. Peak, peak Brad Bird. Absolutely. It's honestly, I, I think it's probably peak Vin Diesel, too. Let's be real. I told the Lion King story here, right? <laughs> oh, no, but I've watched Lion King and the sequel in the past 24 hours. Well, it's been on in the, in the living room. So what? what is the Lion King story? Well, I so assume God. he performed Simba on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, which no, one is that? that? The one where when you we lift them kids. in the air or one where no. you just in your hand just go across their forehead and say Simba? Yeah, right. I did that to my dog. Which one? No. Cammy was We're being a rock. rock. You, like, she was not hold on, allowed. Hold on, hold on. You just chased on your dog. Is that what you're telling me? No, no. I, I did this <laughs> on her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I mean, you has can't she been in the, the room? Has she been in the room? Has there been some friendly fire? Maybe. That's all I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shake head and hands. Fingers behind glasses. <laughs> rubbing his eyes. Rubbing his eyes. <laughs> Still on purpose. Trying to purge that mean, from his brain. Who hasn't been there? Me, I haven't been <laughs> there. <Who's> amongst us? <laughs> Those without yeah, sin. Who has not come on his dog? <laughs> cast the first stone. I'm just saying. I got I've a whole pile here, dogs. guys. Line up. Yeah. I've had four dogs in my life and can't <laughs> He's come on every single one of them are. <laughs> Not how else, how else do you mark them as yours? It's it's an <laughs> occupational hazard of being my dog. My my new I'd say it's what they old. signed up for, but they don't sign up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm giving her some time to see how fast she is. You know, she's she's nine months. She's still quick. Oh. She's people gonna pick God. up their dogs right underneath their first legs and try to put them into a wall to see if they're intelligent. In like you know, it's like oh, if they're stopping with their paws, they're an intelligent. Which is I feel like a really dumb way to test whether or not an animal has intelligence but what instead of doing that raymond's like dodge dance idiot <laughs> you think you're fast kid it's like when you when you shoot when you shoot their feet and like ding 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 and they lift their feet up like this <laughs> and was, yeah raymond's hand that over was my his hip <laughs> that was my uh that was the story guys you got but you have to yell red <laughs> rocket first oh uh... Uh, I have girl no, dogs. I'm chilling. Yeah, it's <laughs> the real so Simba story. After yeah, the real, I so the real Lion King story. So yeah, the real do. no, and no. The, my now now my Lion King story is nowhere near as good as that. Um, uh, Cammy wasn't allowed to watch a lot of movies growing up. She just because of her family and that they, yep. she wasn't allowed to. Yep. Yeah, Get that. and so Lion Lion King was one of those movies 
Um, because Hamlet's so I was evil. Like, Why? Yeah, I, I, pretty much anything Disney, she wasn't allowed to watch. They just, they didn't, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't want her to watch it. So she didn't watch it. And I was like, oh, you've never seen Lion King. This is a, this is a great movie. And Cammy cries very easily at movies. I was like, oh, this one's going to get her. This is a great movie. It's going to, she's going to cry like a little bitch. And, um, <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing what I know and what we all know about the Lion King, you know, probably the most tear jerking part is. Is spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Lion King is when Mufasa dies. It's when oh, that dude, happens. What? Mm-hmm. I know. Sorry, um, but 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 Cammy also doesn't have a dad and hasn't had a dad for a long time. So when that part happened, she like looked at me and she was like, "He's gonna be okay, right?" And I was like, "No," but she's like, "You knowing I have a dead father, you showed me this movie about a father Holy who shit. dies." And I was like. We got about 40 more minutes of this movie, babe. So I would suck those tears up and keep keep watching. <laughs> yeah, but he shows she, up as Cloud Mufasa later. Yeah, so it's that's all what good. I was like, he comes back. She's like, what is a dream? And I was like, just keep watching. <laughs> he kind of. <laughs> Maybe. Jesus Christ. Christ. So to this day, she's like, I love Lion King. I wish Raymond would have told me the dad died, but you know, it's fine. So it reminds me of that, like John Mahoney bit where it's like, I didn't like the whole little brother dying. And when they're talking about Ray and she, he was like, yep, neither did Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he got it all exactly. the same. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I can do about it, babe. Yeah. I could have told you, but then you wouldn't have watched the movie. I, I explained to my son that it was based, you know, broadly on Hamlet. Right. While, mm-hmm. while he was while we were starting the movie because he was asking like when did this movie take place i'm like liam it's it's a made-up movie about cartoon animals it doesn't matter what it took place Ten thousand years in the future it doesn't matter this is the big bang but it is based but it is based broadly on hamlet by shakespeare it's like oh all right and like sarah's been outside doing stuff and she comes back in 45 minutes and uh liam straight up says to her you know what mom did you know that the lion king shares the exact same script of hamlet i'm like oh my god that's That's exactly what that means that's not what what it said said at all mom i'm watching hamlet i loved that part where uh uh, mufasa was like oh how now a rat and just like killed that guy behind a curtain That was a cool part. It's uh, it the, well. So, irony is that the callback with Scar about to eat the mouse at the very beginning—that's kind of a callback to that scene. Believe it or not. No. <laughs> so oh. yeah, hmm. I played myself. You did. You did. Good job. But guys, well, I'm gonna we, I'm gonna have my work cut out for me on this one. Woo. <laughs> Whatever. You haven't we'll edited an episode in like I, I what, have like two offered months? so many uh, times. No, <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not complaining that you haven't. I'm just stating that you haven't. Like I, I'm I, I'm yeah. in a groove where I can do one of these in about two hours, like soup to nuts, everything in two hours now. So I haven't needed it. Soup to nuts? Soup yeah, to nuts. We already had this conversation on this podcast I, one time where he said this and I was like, what the fuck did you just say? And then we talked yeah. about that is a common idiom. Or it's, it used it's to be back at the turn yeah. of the fucking century, then the end of the Industrial Revolution. No, it was yeah, far, like it's don't take than any that, wooden nickels. <laughs> like it, I feel like I also had this like same conversation about like how I learned what it like a clockwork orange, like why that book title is the way that it is. That used to be a saying about things that appear to be organic but are not. No. To say that somebody was a really? clockwork orange. Yes, that is what that I means. did not know that. Okay. That is a turn of the century term uh, used to mean like as queer as a clockwork orange, which means like somebody who presents as being perfectly normal and part of a functioning society, but is 
very not. It is a manufactured persona that you see. Raymond. Yes. I'm just saying that's <laughs> Raymond. Oh. <laughs> uh, and like also yep. like to, to butt in under this, and I feel like I've talked about this before, so you can cut it out if this is, but like Raymond talking about like, you didn't tell me about the part where he died reminds me of like when I was still dating my ex on my way home, she loved raccoons and I saw one get hit by a car and I accidentally gave her the play-by-play on the phone as it happened. Because I wasn't thinking, it was like, oh, sure, I was in a raccoon. And she was like, oh, no, is it okay? And I looked back and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, oh no. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. And she's like, what? And I'm like, it's gone. Oh, shit. And she cried. Oh, yep. my God. I feel like I've told that story before, but fuck this. I've never laugh. heard that one. I've never <laughs> heard that, that one story. Either. That's pretty good. And I was just watching as it happened, and I didn't think about the, well, this will make her sad. So I was just like, <laughs> because I, anyway. Oh, uh, my God. Gross. <laughs> what do we do here? Oh, uh, all right. We used to plan banters. <laughs> yeah. Those days are over. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I'd send out a message a couple days before. Hey, we're doing banter in a couple days. Think about stuff. And now it's like right before I'm like, oh, God, we have to talk about something. There have been episodes where we just jumped right in. Very this few. might be one of those, happened. depending on how bad this banter Jesus is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's get back into it. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. Last week... It was a sick girl, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So last week, uh, the party ended up heading back in back into town, finding Billiam, who, like a lost little puppy, had been wandering around the town yelling for everybody's name for you know, the six hours since he'd woke up. Dilly was worried, so he came looking for you. Like, there's something wrong with Billiam. And uh, you guys make it back, reunite, go have a drink. Uh, Malleus gets tagged by Dorianum and Hemes. Runs in, screams tag, and smacks him on the knee and runs away. He is confused, asks what happened. He's told you have to tag them back, or they're playing tag, and she he chases after her. Runs down the street, goes around the corner. She disappears. He's convinced she's a witch. Truth is, he rolled a one on his perception check. Um, Which you then told me back. after the show that even if I rolled a 20, she would have just fucking disappeared, and I had no idea. So what does it matter? It really doesn't matter, right? But but you would have known what happened, and then you'd just guess. And you happened to guess kind of right. There was some foul magical foot. We got there eventually. While this is happening, uh, Tastus has a PTSD moment and is remembering how he can't remember, um, which was pretty cool. Thanks, Micah, for writing that so I didn't have to make a chat GPT one as, as was threatened. <laughs> the same goes for uh, Jake and Raymond. I need something from you. Okay. Uh, Malleus... <laughs> 
Malleus is like, we have to tell the mayor that his daughter's a foul witch. And everybody goes to the Menhemi's house. Uh, they end up going into Doriana's room, and there's some real poltergeist shit going down in there. There's stuff floating. She's sweating and moaning and, you know, seizing a bit. The, the Malleus reveals himself to be an undead creature, abomination thing. Tessia, the mother, faints. Um, to try to figure out what's going on and who shows up. But Hattie. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hattie. But you know what? Before we get into that, I, I want to want to share a little something with y'all. Something that it's not really happened in real time, but it did happen a few days previously aboard a ship. And hopefully this works. I'll cut out if it doesn't. I'll figure out how to make this happen. But here we go. Let's see if this works. Interior Belcora's Retreat The camera pans down within the old temple of Nimbaloth and slowly zooms in to the lantern. The flame ignites, and as the camera zooms through the flame, it reveals the interior of a small deck room on a boat. The storm on the waters is unusual for this time of year, and a crack of lightning awakens Marcus in his small room. Uh, Atya? Atya? Where are you? Atya? What? What? What in the nine hells? As Marcus goes to grab his lantern, he realizes that the color of the light is... wrong. Instead of the warm yellow and orange glow, the lantern is giving off a deathly green light. Marcus stares at the lantern for a few seconds before darting out the door to find Atya. Meanwhile, on the main deck of the ship... Mama? Where are you? Over here, Atia. Atia wanders from one side of the ship to the other until she finds herself at the edge of the ship's bow. Mama? How are you in the water? Marcus makes his way up to the main deck of the ship, sees Atia, and attempts to get her attention. Atia! The storm drowns out Marcus's voice as he begins to sprint towards her and continues to cry out. Come in, Atia. The water is warm. Are you sure? The rain is so cold. Yes, sweet pea. Now jump in. Marcus's heart drops as he sees Atia jump off the bow just a second before she was within his reach. Without a moment of hesitation, he dives in after her. As he crashes into the thrashing waves, the lantern's light does not extinguish, allowing him to keep Atia at the edge of his sight. Marcus cannot recall a time where he has ever swam faster in his life. It was as if something, or someone, was pulling Atia into the sea's abyss. Marcus begins to pray as he descends deeper into the darkness after Atia. Phrasma, Lady of Graves, I call upon you in my dark hour. I am willing to accept whatever fate has in store. All I ask is that you let Atia live. Within a moment, Atia is within Marcus's reach. He pulls her to his side and begins to swim to the surface. As he swims up to the surface, instead of the boat's torchlights reflecting off the water's surface getting brighter... It was as if the light began to fade, 
the closer he got. With his final ounce of strength, he hoists Atia to the surface, and his final bubbles escape his mouth as he begins to sink back into the abyss. Thank you, Lady of Graves. I trust. That was brought to us by our good friend Liam over from Cardinal Adventures. Oh, uh, sick. So is that to say that he's not coming back? He's dead? Marcus has been retired. <laughs> like, yeah, is, I make sure I dead. never have to go back on your show. <laughs> I will kill my own character. I yeah, will write a whole vignette. <laughs> did, I would say, did he do that just for us? It's, it's nice. pretty extra. He could have just said he doesn't want to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, this oh thing my happened. Gosh. I, that was cool. Uh, that was I know crazy. I say it every time, Liam, but I love hearing your voice. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, we got some stuff in store. Sit tight, y'all. It'll be fun. I got to Ghost meet him. We, we met for lunch a, a, a couple weeks ago, and and we're we're plotting. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Well, let's I don't even back. know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> let's head back into the Menhemi's Manor, where Hattie has arrived at the door, saying that Tessia and her had met that motley man before. Uh, at the at the supposition that they had met this thing before, the mayor looks flabbergasted. I think I would have recognized if I had met this thing before, Hattie. She she looks at him like, no, I wasn't talking about you, dear. I was talking about your wife. She and I once were acquainted with this motley man. Tessia's begin to come to and is, is fighting against uh, panic at seeing this undead thing. Uh, and seeing Hattie, with whom she has had a long and interesting relationship. Malleus will extend an arm out while still inspecting her daughter and just without looking at her say, do not be afraid. I am not here to hurt you. Tessia, like her eyes are darting between you and Hattie. I think I'd remember myself if I seen one of those. Hattie looks at her and says, sugar, not with your waking eyes, you haven't. That, uh, little trip we took in the dreamland. You don't remember that at all? Tessia shakes her head. I thought that was a half-remembered dream. It's all too real, child. This is what I warned you would happen if you went back on our bargain and here we are today. I guess you never told your husband what you saw either so he couldn't even reconcile what I'm telling him now with the facts that you shared with him. Malleus will dart up to meet Tacitus's gaze and then Asmordrin and then Billiams rather quickly like look around the room and then look at Hattie and he'll say bargain what do you mean bargain this if I'm not mistaken is the first time I'm hearing of this bargain I wouldn't suspect you'd know because it has nothing to concern you abomination but if you must know there was a problem during the birth of young Doriana she Tessia would not subconsciously cut the binds they they had between them and it was going to take them both if she did not mother and child sink down into the boneyard not none could do for it but Osef he he demanded we do something I told him there would be a price he said he would be willing to pay any he did not even want to 
concern himself with what it was, and he cuts a look over to her, over to Osef. But the bargain was such. Upon death, there were two things that were seeking to take Doriana for themselves. As uh, not a fully born soul, she couldn't be taken away to the boneyard. She never walked on the earth. She was right for any petitioners. And there were two. One from the dreamlands and one from the realm of nightmares. We met them upon a shore in the astral plane. The only way to stop it was to pledge the daughter's soul to another. Upon her sixth year, she would come to me. That was the bargain that was made, and that's what kept these things at bay. But I, the petitioner from the dreamland, they have no quarrel with you. They had no desire to use your daughter ill for anything other than to let her roam the astral plane, the dreamlands, as, as long as her soul saw fit. The other, however, could feel a power lingering around her and wanted for her own aims, wanting her for his own aims. I think he's come to collect because you haven't held up your end of the bargain. Had you simply let your daughter come with me when I asked, none of this would have happened. What nature of being is this that seeks to claim her now? As she looks at you really hard, right in the eyes. She says, I, I think you know, Tacitus. I think you know exactly what it is, Tacitus. It's from Leng, isn't it? Is that where the monthly yeah. man is from? I do believe that's the case. That's the closest that we have to a realm of nightmares in the astral plane. It drifts about at the edge of the dreamlands, corrupting whatever it can touch. And it very strongly wants Doriana. Now, typically these denizens of Lang, they stay in the dream world unless there's a conduit that can pull them through. They'll have something tied to them. Some item. Or some person, sometimes both. I think Doriana's a conduit. She is certainly powerful enough. Malleus, I know you can read it. You can see it. I read her aura myself. There's a there's an air of possibility around this girl I can't quite put my finger on. And it wants it for itself, and I think I think it's not just locked away in her dreams anymore. I think it walks glaring itself. It's made its way to the material plane. It's tied to Doriana. Have you found anything strange in the house? Looks up to, to Osef. Something that you didn't notice before. Something that shouldn't be here. Something maybe that was lost and found again. Malleus will look at Tacitus and then at Osef and he'll say, What about the bear? Did it not have a strange gem inside of it? Well, a gem. Right? My, well, there was something inside of it, yes. My memories are scattered since reanimation, and it's hard for me to... I seem to remember coming here my first time. Doriana gave me a stuffed animal, and there was a hard uh, object inside. That was Mr. Griffey. He was a griffin, not a bear. Mr. Griffey. Regardless, yes, we tore it open, and by accident, and yes, that gem fell out. Oh, so do you have that gem still? Can you, can you lay your hands on it? Did any of you take the gem? Where is this gem? I don't remember who found it, but I remember there being a gem. Uh, we took that to Vandy. She she couldn't actually figure anything about, out about it. Uh, I think Billiam has it. Billiam, do you still have that thing? Oh, shit. Uh, 
Uh, and Bill starts checking his pockets. Be like, God, I don't get mad, guys, but I, I, sw- I swear I had it. But maybe I left it at home. I can check there, uh, but I don't have it. It's usually right here in my lucky pocket. Just you came, out foot. Of, came out of some stuffed animal. Do you, do you have that still, Osif? Uh, I was like, oh, Mr. Griffey had been lost for so long, and Dorian was so excited to find him again. Let me, let me see. She should be among the things, and he's looking around. Just floating around in the room. And it's the only thing that's, like, still in the bed that's not floating. Like, you, you tore it. I remember you tore it, but here it is, perfectly mended. And he picks it up and hands it. Read, holds it out to Hattie. Quick question: Are there any signs of it being repaired? No, as yeah, Mordern repaired it. Is, no, as oh, Mordern yeah. repaired. That's right. It. Okay, that's yeah. right. He did repair it. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. So there's going to be signs of it having been repaired. But um, he's going to hand it over to Hattie, and Hattie's going to um, decline. So that I don't, I don't want to touch that thing. I don't. I, I've, I've will... been. I've been too close to it before. I don't know if it'll have any malign influence over me. I don't think it's safe. Malleus will offer to hold it. And I, take... I worked on it. It didn't do anything. I might not have done anything to you, but I don't know if you've walked in the dreamlands before. I have seen this Molly man myself. I don't know if that that makes me a liability if I have to deal with him or not. I'd rather not risk it in Osa's home. At the very least. And Malia says, you take it. You know, you can tell it seems heavier than it should be. Ten pound stuffed animal. Right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's heavy. Um, and it's really well stuffed. It's not like you can feel anything hard in it. If it's in there, it's secreted away in the center or something. But it feels like there's extra weight in it that there should not be. This is heavier. Can I detect magic coming off of this thing? Yeah, sure. You can do that? Yeah, like I do detect magic absolutely overflowing with magic. So Malleus casts his little cantrip so he can see magic. His eyes glow for a second and he appears like overwhelmed with what he seems like like a flashbang just went off in his hand. You're you're sensing a ridiculous amount of conjuration magic coming off of this thing. Which I know that's not part of the remaster, but I don't care. It's thematic and fun. It's just hemorrhaging conjuration magic. It's almost overwhelming to hold. It's heavy with magic seeping with it. And you, like, all of you know, Malleus has got that 18 strength, but he's, like, struggling to hold the stuffed animal. It's... He'll just set it back down on the bed. Okay. Uh, does it look like it's compressing the uh, the bed more than it should be? Like, no. Uh, it, it's well, like yes. sitting lightly yes, it's sitting lightly on the bed. It's physically heavier. It's not like this is a 10-pound stone, but it's physically heavier than a stuffed animal of this size should be. And if I were to, like, before I set it down, like, squeeze it, I don't I don't feel something hard. No, it's anywhere. really well stuffed. There if it's in no, there, it's secreted away very well. I can't feel the stone if it's in here. It would have to rip it apart. Is I there, think it would be um, best not to do that. Yeah, is, is there, like, a... So... Now that we know that there is an extraplanar creature that is targeting Doriana, it is using her as a conduit to physically remain in the real world, our material world. And Malleus is trying to wonder, like, what is the purpose of this doll, this this stuffed animal, and what it's doing then? Like, what is it 
conjuring? Is there a role, like something that Malleus can do to try to deduce what the purpose of the magic is? Like, why is it overwhelming? Why so much power? Like, what is it conjuring, basically? Is it allowing the Motley Man to stay here? Is that the real conduit and it's not Doriana? Who is trained in occultism, at least? Uh, I'm expert in occultism. Okay. Let me see Um, what my occultism is. Trained. Yeah, you're better. As Mordred and Malleus, you think that with Doriana's power being the way it is, you could probably spend um, a bunch of time uh, examining this in relation to Doriana's psychic patterns while she's in this catatonic state to see if you could find more information about what it is. And and not only does Tastus believe that's the case, he knows exactly how to do it. So you would all kind of brain blast that you could figure this one out, but it would take time. Um, it'd probably take a full day, like a full eight hours of like examining and and testing and, you know. And what are we looking for while examining ritual. her again? You don't really know. You're trying to figure out how she and the ruby is linked and what that means. Like you could try to figure that out um, through research. So and basically, we be, just have to be in the room and watch her to see what her connection is to Lang right now. More or less, you're going to be um, using occultism. You would be using occultism to do okay. checks, like a ritual, essentially, against the effect that's happening to see if you can find the the origin and what it's doing. Uh, no, 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 sure. Now, fellows... Uh, Unfortunately, this is uh, an endeavor that will take some amount of time, but I believe I know exactly how to uh, how to investigate the link between this doll and whatever affliction is currently on Doriana. It will, however, take likely a day. How much as time if, does she have, do you think? Uh, can I tell how quickly this uh, illness is progressing? Or how much longer she would have? Ask him a few questions about how her how she's been progressing. You know, and and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, then I would like to uh, I'd like to take a closer look at the, uh, the 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 contamination or corruption, whatever that's spreading out of her hand. Can I see it uh, spreading? No. It looks like there's a very definite demarcation to between where um, it is withered and where it looks perfectly fine. You know, a okay. couple inches beyond the wrist. Okay. Uh, and it's localized entirely on the hand. Is there any other part that's that seems to be getting corrupted as well? She like looks a, a bit sallow and whatnot, but nothing beyond like she looks exhausted. Um, but okay. there's no other corruption that you could see or withering other than that hand. Okay, then I'm going to turn to Osif. When did this corruption begin? How, how long ago did you notice this? Did it did it arise suddenly, or did it take some time to progress? Well, she had some strange bruising that showed up a few weeks ago, and then oh, I think it was probably yesterday morning when she awoke. Her hand seemed almost completely unusable. She didn't seem bothered by it at all, though. Uh, we took her to Vandy to see what could be done, and she she had no clear idea. We. I went to odd stores and searched through books to see if I could find anything. Uh, again, no clear idea on what could be happening. Uh, the plan was today to, to seek you out or, or send word to Absalom for somebody to come, but she progressed to this catatonic state. She 
She seemed unbothered by it, though completely unusable. She could, couldn't even move a finger. She said that he asked for it. He wanted it, and she said it was okay, so they could play together. Um, okay. Uh, Tacitus, uh, trepidatiously, first looking to Osa for approval, is going to reach out and touch her hand. Does it cause pain or anything? No. Not at all. Um, it feels cold, and there's virtually no pulse, if you were to check for that. There's virtually no pulse in the hand. Fascinating. Now, uh, this is certainly not good. That's plain to see. Uh, however, I believe... <laughs> looks bad. This isn't good. But I, I, I believe if we were to take a day to examine it, it, it would not progress to, uh, to a lethal extent. I believe she has some time remaining. Well, do, do what you must, do what you can. Let's, let's see if we can solve what this is. And a hattie, I, I will assist you in any way that you can, but I, I fear we already know what this is. It wants her. We have to find it. This is linked to it somehow. Tacitus, I'm going to be staying in town for the time being. You'll be able to find me at the Crow's Casks. I've taken up a room there. Until we find the conclusion of of this affliction upon Doriana, I will stay here. And she looks Osif square in the eye. And I expect you to uphold the bargain afterwards when we can ensure your daughter's safety. She will never be safer in her life than when she is finally with me. And you know that. And she turns... And, you know, haltingly goes out the door, down the hall, and leaves the manor. Osef, I, I am a father myself, I believe, so I understand. To an extent what it is you're going through, I understand what pain this would cause you. But you did make a deal. I, I don't care what the deal was. I have always been suspicious of Hattie, but I... I'd, I'd never have doubted her intentions to me, the family, the town. I know she has her own ways, and they're unknowable, but she she says I can see her again. She says she could be around. She'll, she's j- just half a day's walk away. Yes, I will uphold the deal. Help, help save my daughter's life. Help her save her from whatever this is. There will be no quarrel for me. Uh, Hattie, Hattie will have her part of the bargain. My daughter will go live with her until she has reached uh, one in 20 years in which she would be free to do what she wishes. But yes, please, save her. Do what you must. And uh, I turn to his wife, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, Tessia. Are you, Tessia. Tessia, are you in agreement as well? There was, there's, there's no no reason for me to, to deny her if, 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 if death is the only other option. Yes, with all my heart. Yes, she can have her. She can have her. As long as she saved my baby's life. And she begins to cry and she sobs into the into the duvet. Well then, let's begin investigating. This will be fun. Should we take the stuffed animal? Doesn't seem to make any sense to leave it here. Well, you I'm need- very curious to see what will happen. You will need to be with like in a relatively close proximity to the two of them to be able to, to test their link. So you're probably going to have to spend the day in this room if you're going to be doing this. 
Well, my, I, I do want to test this, though. My um, point still stands. I don't think it makes sense to leave. This is just like bleeding out strong conjuration magic. It shouldn't be next to her. Let's test this. Uh, Malleus, why don't you... Uh, I, I, I want to run an experiment. Why don't you take uh, the doll, take it out to the uh, the living room or some rooms away, and uh, set it there for a few minutes, see if your condition changes. Hmm. I agree. And he'll stand up and pull the... Um, cloak of no kind and his visor back down so he appears to just be a big old dog guy again and he'll take the doll and, and walk down the hallway down the stairs to the living room and keep tabs on it see if it does anything magically either if the uh, emanations I, change I will hold it directly in front of me cool and I walk out and oh, my right. threat still stands if as Mordor never dies I am coming back as Mr. Griffey a puppet character <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect I I'd love actually that. be really for that you heard it here first folks we're gonna kill asmordrin it'd be an actual very natural and perfect circumstance for him to make a puppet character (laughs) now we have to kill asmordrin right we have to have to happen now this this is the best idea that you've had in in i can't believe you've never said this out loud before this is great so good i've told trevor before i one other time he's told me (laughs) so it's simple. We kill the meat man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get an occultism check out of everyone. We're going to pretend like two hours passes after, you know, Malleus takes this thing out of the room. And um, Malleus, I want you to do a check. Um, I want Tassus to do a check. As Mordrin, you can choose to aid either one of them. Well, who's got what for occultism? I've got a plus 11. I have a plus 12. I have a plus 13. Are you trained or an expert? I'm a trained. At Tacitus, okay. I think it's only expert in occultism. This is not a ridiculously high check, um, but it's high enough that... Uh, it's a good thing I rolled good. You may want to. Now, I will say, uh, ta- uh, Micah, if Tacitus has a significantly higher esoteric, I will allow you to do this without the minus two because it concerns the denizen of Lang. Okay. Uh, my esoteric is a plus 14. So I, I would rather do an esoteric. Perfect. And cool. uh, in, in any case, I got a, uh, so my esoteric is a plus 14. I got a 13 for a 27. Excellent. I who rolled a want? 14 with a plus 11 for a 25. So as Morden, who do you want to aid? Um, I will aid probably Tacitus. Cool. Yeah, if we can get a crit a, here, that'd I, be pretty cool. I got a total 24, so that's only a plus one to the aid. Do I? Well, I mean, like I'm, I'm rolling two aids since Micah has the highest one. That, that's a, that's another bonus for you, buddy. No, I'm they having you do two separate same checks. Bonus. You're do, I'm also oh, having you do check. two separate okay. checks, both Malleus okay, and because okay, okay, okay. you're not in the same room, you are observing the the Holding doll. Holding the doll, right? Right. right. Well, I and got a Tassus, Okay, so to, twenty five total, and what did you get again, Micah? Twenty seven. All right. So if we had the twenty one, that's a twenty eight. It's not a crit, but I'm actually going to give both of you a little bit of information because you both Ooh. asked it. Um. You don't really see anything change. Like, there's no change in the condition of Doriana whatsoever. Though as you concentrate and hone your detect magic, Malleus, you can see definite threads of of conjuration magic linking Doriana and you. But then you can see another very faint, almost imperceptible thread that is reaching out in the direction of the gauntlet. 
it is tied to something in the fog fan or in the gauntlet. Malleus will growl to himself like, I knew it! What was that, Malleus? Tacitus calls from the other room. Malleus will stomp back up the stairs and and come back into the room. He's like, it didn't make sense. And I also didn't have time to butt in with during all of the exposition. But I was confused. How is something drawing the life force out of Doriana while being in the material plane without being in proximity to her? But now I understand. There is a thread connecting between this doll, Doriana, and something heading out towards the gauntlet, and he points in the direction of the fog fen. Oh, wonderful. Along with this, you know that unless you can sever this link by destroying the creature that created it, Doriana will be drawn wholly into the dimension of dreams. And that's what's happening to her, her hand. Her hand isn't necessarily having its life force drained, but the part of it that was alive has phased itself into the dimension of dreams. And that's what will happen to the rest of her if you don't break the link. And the only way that you know of to break the link would be to destroy the thing that created it. That being the denizen of Lang. So, there is a bond this doll has shown me. The denizen of Lang is somewhere in the gauntlet. That, and he points to her hand, is not dead, necessarily. But the part of her hand that is alive now resides in Lang. This is what will happen to the rest of her corporeal body. The only way I know of to deal with this threat is to destroy the denizen of Leng. Would Malleus be able to use these threads that he's seeing through the text magic to track it towards where the denizen is? Exactly. Give, exactly. Me, another, give me another check. This one's going to be a bit harder. Okay, that is another... Okay, that's a 15 for a 26. Pretty good. You think that you can use the ruby to track him. That with a little finagling, the link could be manipulated and able to use it as a rudimentary locate spell. To but find I don't know where the, the ruby piece. is. Yes, you do. It is inside of the doll. I, I tried to like feel around for it earlier. And it's very if, if if it's in there, it's just packed in there really well. But so Malleus will just like grab the doll then and, and seeing the threads coming out of it, seeing them connect Doriana lightly grab out towards each of us while using detect magic will just <sighs> and he'll, he'll look at Osif and be like I promise to replace this and he will rip what the doll get this, get this handed here good lord I Too can late. get that out of money. I already ripped, ripped it, it. Oh, he'll fish around work. with a gauntleted hand and pull out the ruby I think as long as I'm holding this and channeling detect magic I can follow the thread and find the creature. So I'm going to give you some mechanical inference to this. You can use this to to use a locate spell, but it only lasts for 10 minutes. You can't like dif- distinctly use the thread to track. It's just giving you like a general direction. The only general reason it's idea. so yeah, the only reason it's so strongly linked to Dorian it's cuz it's so close. Um like, you know, within a room or two. So, like, if you got close enough, even without the locate, I'd let you, like, do a detect magic on the thing and track the thread, right? Oh, so I might be able to um, use the ruby to, like, more adequately, like, precisely find where the creature is. Well, close you to can it. precisely find it for 10 minutes a day 
using a locate spell. It will give you very precise information. But other than that, I'll give you vague information unless you're in close proximity, then I'll make it more precise. Can I like, I want to write down, like, like take notes about this stuff, like calculations or observances in my, uh, in my notebook or my, um, my tome rather. Yeah. I mean, we can say that you've been doing that this whole time. That works out well. Okay. Um, okay. That's something you would do. Tassus. Well, what do you know about denizens of lag? Do they have any weaknesses? Let's perhaps prepare a little bit. We still Uh, need, we still need to rest for the day. I I have not been able to, to do that yet. Is Hattie still here or did she leave? Hattie left. She left. Uh, uh, so we just rolled esoteric uh, 16 for a 30. What do I know about denizens of Lang? Um, they are very, both very potent occult spellcasters and warriors as well. So think of them almost like an occult magus. Okay. okay. They're bad news. Hey, <laughs> They're very bad minute. news. That's what I do. What the fuck? Uh, now, as Modron, I want you to consider how you would kill Malleus and uh, plan around that. <laughs> I, I, I do that every day, so that should be simple. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Malleus will turn around and look directly at Esmodron and let, like, a pregnant paws hang in the air and bring up a gauntleted hand and point directly at him and he'll say, Good. Keep that in your mind. Don't change your first rough draft. We'll <laughs> need that. I did... Are they are they particularly weak to anything? Resistant to anything? Uh, yeah, GM. Are they? What what'd you get on that esoteric? I rolled a thirty. Uh, okay. So there's no real weak. Uh, they're they're uh immune to to cold, and as long as they're not on their original plane, they have fast healing of a degree. Um. And they're resistant to precision damage, critical hits, things like that. Oh, okay. Okay. so no resistant to any kind of magic, though, just cold damage? No, just cold. And no weaknesses to any particular type of damage? Correct. Damn, this guy's going to suck. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I kind of want to know, this is going to be kind of weird. Um, I want to open up my notebook, and uh, I want to try doing an automatic writing, which I can do because I'm an expert in occultism. Um, oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah, so it's 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 an occultism uh, check. Uh, I just start writing stuff, and uh, I, I let the vibes take me where they will. It's uh, a vibe. You know, it, it basically lets me. Get, <laughs> oh, you Stephen King it? Basically, yeah, I Stephen King it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, uh, I just, just write, get like man. just like very occult knowledge, and uh, you know, see where it takes me. Just start writing random shit, symbols, text, whatever garbage, and hope I get something out of it. Um, okay. Okay, so, so I'm just going to start riffing in my notebook. I was about to say, does right. this serve a mechanical purpose? Like, what does that do? It does. Go ahead and tell them what it does. Okay. Uh, so uh, the actual text of it, um, I can receive knowledge beyond my own experience via written messages delivered by my hand. I spend 10 minutes seated while holding a writing utensil using it to make small circular motions as I open my mind to the forces around me. Uh, I receive information as my hand writes on its own. Uh, at the end of the 10 minutes, I can use occultism instead of uh, any other recall knowledge to, uh, to to figure out what's going on. But I'm stupefied at the end. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah, and since since you already have all the occultism, you have esoteric lore, I'm going to give you a bonus if you do this, too. Sure. Um, so I'm going to give you a plus one bonus to your check. Okay. You can use occultism, or I'll let you, again, use esoteric lore because it all kind of yeah. 
ties in together. Yeah, I'll use Esoteric, so this will be a net plus 15. Yeah, I'm rolling pretty well. Uh, 15 for a 30 again. As you write, you know, when you get to the, to the, towards the end of it, um, as, as you write, you start to hear whispers as well. Uh, alongside you just, um, you know, writing something and, and everybody looking would see that your writing is actually getting less sporadic and loopy and actually writing a word out. And uh, you hear whispering in your ear, the terror beyond dreams, the terror beyond dreams over and over and over in your head. And you write a word out, which I'm going to put in cast chat so you can see it. And that word is written. That word is written over and over and over again. And you continue to write it as this, this ritual kind of runs out. You're writing it so hard um, that you're starting to tear the pages and smoke is starting to emanate from, from underneath your quill as you write. Tacitus is spitting fire. Straight bars. These bars, I was just going to say these bars are fire. Yassan Kalir. Yassan Kalir. Bless you. And when you when you speak the name and you come out of your trance and you speak the name, not only do you, not only is it like like given more form, but you can see this thing in your mind's eye. You know what it is and you see this. And I'm going to show all of you, but this dude's got some drip. Ooh. Holy oh, fuck, that's so Prince cool. of Alibaba. Some Prince of Persia looking shit. Looks like, like a like a like a like a Gerudo. Um Yeah, he does from from uh, like a male Gerudo. Zelda. Yeah. He's he's wow. cool. And you can see him. That's cool. Right? And not only do you just see an image of him, you see him doing something. You're not sure what it is. It, it, it's not really important. But from whatever vantage point you see him at he turns and looks directly at you. He sees that you can see him. I need you to give me a will save. Oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Oh, shit. I feel like Malleus knows exactly... I think Malleus uh, knows exactly what Tacitus just did. 3, 4, 14. Oh, God. Wow. Okie dokie. Did he write the... He wrote this down on a piece of paper, right? I did, yeah. He did, yeah. Yes, sound clear. Do I do I see Micah getting like pulled into a trance violently or something as this as this will say fails? Because I want to I want to flavor it up if I do. So yeah, you you can see it. Whatever whatever happened, you could see um see it happen. But this is really really bad. Um, oh good. Will I will I be allowed to do something or do you want to go first? No, I mean um you can do something, but you're not going to prevent be- what's happening right here. No, no, I no I don't. I uh, I think. Uh, as like I see Tacitus like start to like eyes roll back into the back of his head as, as whatever has happened uh, he looks down and sees this name and looks at Billiam and he looks at Asmordrin and he says just underneath his breath like just quiet enough for them to hear he says true name it's the true name shut the book and he's gonna like try to scramble around while whatever happens to Micah happens you have been afflicted by Something, and I'm going to kind of describe what's happening to you. Everybody in the room seems suddenly not quite repulsed, but finds Tacitus incredibly abrasive and off-putting. They don't want to be in his presence. They don't want to speak to him. They don't even want to look him in the face as he has been afflicted by the outcast's curse. So 
This is a permanent effect, unfortunately, because you crit fail. The outcast's curse. So you would have to fix this curse. It's a level four spell that afflicted the curse. So permanently. Yes, yes. Rank four spell. Um, In perpetuity. Anytime you use deception, diplomacy, intimidation, or performance, you have to roll twice and use the worst result. Oh, damn. Any creature you encounter has an initial attitude two steps worse than they would normally. Oh, no. Just kill him. Just kill him. He's a liability. (laughs) That's really bad. But goddamn, that's fun. That's so fun. I really like that. And um, you realize that Doriana's been afflicted with this for some time, which is why you all feel her to be so spooky and strange and off-putting. It's because she is afflicted with the outcast curse. Being a child, she also critically failed and has been living for quite some time uh, with this affliction in addition to whatever else this thing is doing to her. God, now Tastus is going to do and say weird things. Whatever shall we do? That's normal. <laughs> You've never done that before. <laughs> Can you remind me uh, what I was hearing? Um, the terror beyond dreams whispered over and over again. You would know being right, an extrovert you. in occultism, that is a uh, an epithet or an honorific for Lang. Lang is the terror beyond dreams. So, Denizen of Lang confirmed. You have its name. You know its face. You know how to find it. Is there any other way you want to try to investigate this? There's more data that you can find out potentially. Know that you can track it with the ruby. You know that the ruby is providing the link to the conduit between the two of them, and the creature that created it must be destroyed, or Doriana will be lost. Is there anything else you'd like to try to find more information? Any questions you might have for Tessia or for Osef? Nothing is coming to mind at the moment, but I... I'm kind of disappointed about that. I feel like we've already learned almost as much about it as we can. I feel like the only other real question I have at this point, if you want advice, is how did she come into contact with this thing at all? Is that like because of the bargain breaking, really, of Hattie? Is it just now it's come to collect? That was the inference based on Hattie. You could go find her and talk to her and maybe get some more information. Maybe she has something to add to the information that you found already. That might be useful. And she is going to stay in town until the conclusion of this. So you're not going to have to go all the way out to her shack to find and communicate with her. Okay. I want to do that. I also want to talk to Ren. All right. Sounds good to me. So um, I will say, though, that this whole process, all of this, you know, we've compressed it just for the sake of talking it through. Right. But it takes a full eight hours. So it's like 10 p.m. by the time you guys are done investigating, um, discussing taking notes, observing, any of that. I mean, Billiam, honestly, you could have gone and and found Aldern and ate a, you know, a boatload of shit with him if you wanted to. <laughs> and if any, if you if you two want to RP that, you go right on ahead because I know that Billiam is just kind of sitting here twiddling his thumbs trying not to fall asleep. 
<laughs> it feels like just like this Raymond does. Is magic. <laughs> but you I have would a like to RP more with around. Hattie, but yeah, that's yeah. up to everybody else. I know Hattie's like your favorite NPC. I think Don't it's just the fact that Hattie's not terrified of Malleus that he just secretly finds comforting. Like, listen here, you little spit fuck. That's it's like, like finally somebody's not screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, you you could you could go head over to the crow's cast, talk to Hattie. It's gonna be late, but I mean, she said whenever, come find her. I say we we take the the ruby and regale her with what we know and our plans. She should come with us and make Trevor play a DMPC of a character that he really likes. <laughs> I say we pressure him Man, into it. I could, I could go ahead and build her with the rebuilt witch rules. I absolutely would do it. There we go. Let's go. We're also going to need to get an order going to Absalom. Like, now. We're going to need some decent, uh, decently powerful remove curse spells. We're, we're going to need some equipment because even after, if we deal with this thing there, <laughs> we're probably going to come out of it not that great if I'm if everything I can see happening is happening already. So, probably should get those resources here as soon as we can. As much as I hate to agree with you, the meat man is right. This is going to hurt. Tacitus is already afflicted with a curse. You do technically have a resource at your disposal that can remove curse with a scroll if they have it. Your old Who? buddy, Aldern. Aldrin? Yeah, Aldrin. Or, I mean, Vandy. Because um, he's, he's got no, divine, There's right? no risk of this. Yeah, the risk of scroll messing up the scroll isn't doesn't exist if it's on your list. They just We would just right. need it at the appropriate level. That's That's all it is. And, and it's and a fourth yeah, rank spell, so and we'll have to order for a spell. To remove high. curse yeah. is a fourth rank spell too, so they're they're oh yeah, they but Absalom's direct. not far away, so no, I'm sure yeah, we can get them at whatever level we it's a couple want days. to put money at. <laughs> you you could It'll get a round like, what, trip, two or three days, three days round trip if that somebody's just going and getting it and come back. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna say we should send someone out there so that we can probably plan to start getting rid of <laughs> some of this yeah. stuff. So we had this conversation on our walk over. And uh, Malleus will look over towards Billiam and ask him, how are you feeling about all of this? You've been here the longest and I would imagine have a stronger emotional connection to the mayor and his child. She's always been a little strange, but I guess it makes sense. The curse. She's suffering. She is. We have to end as quick as possible. I'm also very confused how that ruby got out of my pocket. It's always right here. Must be magic. It's, we know it's magic, William. We, we've checked it numerous okay, times. Okay, well, Bill is learning that not everything can be smashed with a hammer, okay? Sometimes Bill's got to look and see that magic exists. Did any of you remember hearing the word that Tacitus said before he rolled into his trance? I've never heard it before that, no. I would advise against saying it out loud. I I'm don't even remember it, so that won't be a problem. Good. He has it written down. But I'm almost certain that is this demon, fiend, creature's true name. Also, how are we acting towards Tacitus? Are we also disgusted with him? Well, we haven't oh, met yeah. him for like, the first time. Okay. Oh, like, doesn't count if we know him already. But okay. as you go there, you can tell that rando people around are moving to the other side of the street when you come near. Uh, and people are just giving y'all a wide berth. More than Bill normal. Bill smells his armpits. Is it me? Oh, yeah, it's him. 
<laughs> right. <Kurt>. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're extra chipper while everyone hates you. Quick, everyone is like shielding the, their children away from him. looks at Malleus and goes, quick, give him the cloak of no kind. Let him wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Malleus would be less off-putting. I, yeah, right. <laughs> probably. Yeah, people, Honestly, probably people would accept him more. Yeah, right. I mean, they go from, like, very unfriendly for you and probably immediately hostile for me. It's very close, yeah. Indifferent goes to hostile. Oh, then, yeah, we're on the same track. People immediately just don't <laughs> like us. It's great. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, yeah we, we get to the, the crow's cask, and uh, do we do we find Hattie, like, drinking in the bar, or is she up in a room somewhere? She's down in the bar, but so are a few other patrons that hastily pay their tabs and leave. Uh, Malleus will, will rush towards Hattie and sit down at the bar, not directly next to her, because she'd probably hate that, and he doesn't like contact either. We have learned much since you left. Share with me what you have found. Maybe I'll be able to add a bit to it. He produces the gem. There is this ruby that was slipped inside of the doll. Using detect magic and having done a ritual, we have discerned that we will be able to use this to precisely locate where the denizen of leg is. We have already determined by watching the strands and studying them that it resides in the fog fan somewhere, likely in the gauntlet. Most importantly, and he leads in closely, Tacitus revealed its true name. Yes, Hattie, does this name mean anything to you? And uh, I'm just going to open up my, my tome and show her what I wrote. As you open up your tome, you all need to give me a perception check. Ooh, it's happening. Okay. Yep. Oh, boy. Ooh, it's happening. Oof. Here we money. go. Oh, what a good time to roll well. That is a 28. Nice. Nope. Four for a 15. Perception. 20, uh, 19 for 29. <laughs> Two for a 10. Everybody but Asmordrin and Tacitus here starting at a low whisper and then getting louder and louder the longer the book is open. The Terror Beyond Dreams in their ears over and over and over a chanting. It starts as a little whisper and it eventually gets to a, a screamed chanting like an entire chorus of people kind of not just chanting it, but like saying it in pain, like they're being tortured to say this over and over again. The longer it's open, say it's open for five or six seconds. This is at a this is at a pretty loud yell at this point. Turn book. it off. Phil's holding his ears. Okay, closing it. Oh, that's a Lang Ruby you found there, son. You know what that is? Uh, we've surmised as much. A uh, Lang Ruby. Some you kind of connection it. with some kind of connection with Lang. So yeah. Uh this thing is mined from quarries in Lang. And very often these denizens use them as a method of payment for their bargains. He likely offered it to Doriana, maybe tufts away in that stuffed animal. So she would receive it as a gift and allows them to connect themselves to you. We can target you with its rituals and spells at long range. It makes you fail them more often. It makes you bend to its will. So the, the, the ruby now lowers you, you your save are... against its spells? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm. I'm not sure if it is only to the person that accepted it or if you simply must bear it. But this thing, while it may connect you to it so you can find it, it also makes you a 
bit more susceptible, perhaps. I'm not sure. That's that's always been kind of murky. If you have to be the person that has willingly accepted it from it, or if you simply must be in possession. However, it will allow you to find him, but it allows him to find you as well. Tacitus has already been cursed. Saying its name gave the creature a connection to him for a short period of time. As you can tell, he gestures to the empty bar. Nobody really likes the sight of him anymore. We're a lot alike in that way now. I'd feel a cold chill when you came in. That must have been what it was. Have you met with Hattie? Or sorry, not Hattie, Doriana, since she was born. I have not had the pleasure to, to meet with her. I have seen her from afar. But her parents would not let her come into contact with me. It is unfortunate that they would not have let you near. I am confident you would have noticed the child is also cursed with the same thing Tacitus is, making her a social outcast in her own town. Are you currently holding the gem? I, I am, like, holding it, showing it to her. Give me a will save. Okay, what's my will bonus? Not bad. Ooh, that's a nine for a 20. Okay. Um, You can feel something kind of picking at your mind. Um, It's been able to see into your thoughts and understand broadly um, what you're planning, what you're doing. It knows what's happening. It knows that you're looking for it. It knows that you're speaking to Hattie. Malleus kind of like in the middle of his conversation will say, we are planning to then like jerk his head back. Kind of like not really so much in pain, like, but like if you catch like a muscle in your neck, you know what I mean? It kind of like makes your head jerk a little bit. And this knowledge kind of rolls over him. And you can see his hand turn, palm down, like he's thinking about dropping it. And then he doesn't. And he grips it tighter and looks in the direction of the fog fen. And he just says, good fear. Oh, that's some real Aragorn grabbing the Palantir bullshit right there, man. Wait, mm-hmm. oh, oh, is Tassus Pippin in this scenario? Pretty much, (laughs) yes. Tacitus is picking. (laughs) And after saying that, he'll like turn back and look at the others and say, it knows we are coming. It will prepare. Has it aligned itself with the Belcora? Has it aligned itself with the aims of the denizens of the the gauntlet? Or is it simply using a convenient location away from people? That is what truly terrifies me the most. A denizen a laying on their own is a potent and dangerous foe. But aligned with the empty death, the ennui of living in a realm of nightmares causes an emptiness in and of itself that not many will experience. Malice has like an existential dread trying to think about, well, not existential dread, but like a, a real uh, mind flip moment trying to think about existential creatures that exists like outside of our realm of understanding also being devoted to another outer god like you'd think religion or like believing in a higher power doesn't really affect those who already live in a realm affected by another higher power i don't Strange. know why it's there i don't even know where you're gonna be able to find it i don't know if you've seen anything like it you have to stop this thing. There are going to be farther reaching consequences if Doriana is lost, and I think you know that. This, this will destroy the mayor. On the even of an, uh, uh, with, with the election upcoming and him not being able to focus on this, I think you'll surely find that Carmen will 
will take the seat. What do you think that means for you? What do you think that means for the town? I know this seems minor compared to what happens surrounding Belcora and Nimbaloth, but I think it's no less important if you are unable to prevent this, you may be prevented from continuing your investigation to try to stop this before it bleeds out across Kortos. This is no less important than the other things that you've been seeking, and I know that sounds difficult to hear, but it is, and it needs to be dealt with. My protection of the city is purely pragmatic, and my destruction for the denizen of Lang is pragmatic. I care not what his ultimate goals are, or where it steals from. The fact remains, it is in my way. Well, let us hope that that resolve steals you on this new task ahead of you. Just then, the door to the crow's casks open. Nobody has come in since you sat down, but in the door stands a mountain of a man in gleaming golden armor. Ah, it's Lucas. Which one of you is Tacitus? We need to talk. And we'll find out what he wants to talk about when we come back next week. God damn it. Oh, shit. (laughs) You call it in there. Which one of you big dicks is the real dirty Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a it's a good clock picking. Roll for Intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfie. Flip Melvin and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>